0: Do you feel bombarded by constant urgings to buy this, do that, don't be one of them, be like us? Trying to hear the voice of God through all the noise can be tough. But there are tried and tested ways of cutting through the clutter and opening yourself to what God has to say to you.
1: This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston.
0: Well, it's absolutely fantastic to have joining us from London town where it's summer right now, one of our regular writers, Vanessa Pizzuto. How are you, Vanessa?
1: I am very good and impressed by your ability to pronounce my last name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's it's Italian, you know. It's like pizza, pizzuto. It, it can't That's be what I hard. tell
1: everyone, and yet they don't
0: get it. Good <laughs> on you, <laughs> Pizzuto. Yeah, okay, okay fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's look, it's fan- fantastic to have you joining us. Now, yeah. uh, Vanessa, in, in this month's magazine, the the June magazine, you have written an article that. I have to admit, when it came in and I read, you know, your original article, the first draft, my thought was, finally, finally, someone's done it, you know, because so often, you know, when it comes to Christians, Christians are really good at cute little expressions and little cliches and things like this that that they just say that you wonder what exactly do they mean. I mean, Christians say things like, you know. Give your heart to Jesus, you know, I'm going to, you know, stand up for my faith, you know, or whatever, you know, they use, but they never actually say what that looks like, you, you know what yeah. I mean? And you yeah. have you have written an article that focuses on something that Christians say, that they, they say, oh, you know, I need to listen to God's voice, I need to have God, you know, guiding me in my life, and you have actually got down to tax and got practical about how that might actually look, what actual strategies are involved there. So but before we go anywhere, I just want to say thank you for, for doing that for getting practical
1: well thank you for saying that i think one of the reasons why we stay in the theory is that it's easier (laughs) it's less risky (laughs) you know theory you just read the bible and you get the impression and you go like yes this is what the bible says and you're not risking much Mm. but when it comes to actually listening to the voice of god you have to you have to be willing to get messy and to make mistakes and we don't Mm. like that
0: Yeah. Yeah. You use some really powerful metaphors in your article that, that really grabbed one was a a situation that, that neither of us have experienced for quite a a few months now. And that is the experience of meeting a friend in a busy cafe. Just explain what, what happens there and and how this relates.
1: So I was talking about how. Every single voice, and this is scientific, by the way, every single voice is different. Like fingerprints, they are unique and they have unique acoustic features, right? Mm. So you can identify them. So if you walk into a coffee shop, as you were saying, Kent, and you're meeting your friend, John, let's name him John. And you get there and it's busy and there's background music and noise And you cannot find John, but as soon as a voice behind you says, hey, right here, Mm -hmm. you turn around and you know it's him, even without seeing his face, because you are familiar with his voice.
0: Mm, Yeah, wow, wow. And the other metaphor you used that I guess was probably closer to my heart too, because I'm, you know, I play music, I play a bit of guitar and saxophone and things like that, was the musical metaphor. You, you chatted with a woman by the name of, was it... Uh, Carrie Carrie Carrie
1: O'Toole, which, by the way, is a fabulous writer. She talks a lot about listening to God's voice and tuning in your ears and kind of like practicing, Mm. training your ears. And so she says, because she is a musician as well, and her daughter plays, I think it's the French horn. She told me, I was talking to her, I was interviewing her, and she told me that she can go and she can distinguish say there's an orchestra playing mm. the whole time and she can distinguish the sound of her daughter she told me she can hear every single note so I'm like how do you do that how can you possibly you know when you hear all the other musical instruments just zoom in zoom in and just listen to your daughter
0: yeah and well her, I mean I, I find that amazing Vanessa because I mean if her daughter was playing trumpet, for example, like the first (laughs) trumpet, that is the sort of instrument that would soar above the rest of the orchestra. I mean, similarly, if she was playing first violin or or, or if she was playing, you know, the timpani up the back or, you know, something like that, that is the sort of instrument that that stands out, you know, a a piccolo or something. But a French horn, that's a very mellow sort of mid-range instrument that is just a part of the blend. So how is it that Carrie is able to distinguish her daughter's French horn from the, well, not only from the rest of the orchestra, but from the other French horns in her section. I I think that's incredible.
1: Right. So there are two reasons why she can do this. One of them is that she is a music teacher and she's been helping people to train their ears for a number of years. She's been doing this. So basically she, you would come to her and she will teach you how to hear the color of a note how Mm. to hear an interval you know that kind of that kind of skill and the second reason why she's able to do this is that well her her daughter practiced at home a thousand times (laughs) so she (laughs) right so she is familiar with the unique features of her daughter's sound
0: wow wow this this actually reminds me of something my my one of my sisters told me my My youngest sister has i think four kids now, and I remember when her first or second baby was was quite young, my sister's like quite a, a good musician, perfect pitch you know all, all that sort of stuff and she said, you know what i 've been training my ears to hear the difference in my baby 's cry. I can now tell the difference usually between a hungry cry." or a tired cry or, uh, you know, a wet or dirty nappy cry. She, and she told me, she said, you know, they, sometimes I they cry more like, eh, sometimes it's more, ah, sometimes it's more, you know. <laughs> she could hear, like you say, the different color of the notes, the different, yeah. the different tone that was coming out in her baby's cry and learning to understand what the baby meant. Have, have you come across that? Have you heard of that?
1: Yes, actually, I heard other mothers who are not musicians which goes to show you can still do it, say, no, 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 that's just my daughter wanting attention. Oh, no, she's hungry. They can somehow hear the difference between one cry and the other.
0: And, And I guess it's the same thing as with the French horn. As you say, it's about focused attention. You know, you really care about this, so you notice and you you take note. And number two, repeated exposure, repeated exposure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems that those principles sort of come up in your article when it comes to listening to the voice of God. But I assume you're not trying to tell us the voice of God is an audible thing we can hear with our physical ears, but, but somehow you, you see the, the principles sort of translating.
1: Absolutely. Please By explain. the way, I do think some people may hear an audible voice, but I don't think this happens often. So let me make that disclaimer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, like God can speak in any way that he chooses to. I'm not, I'm not limiting his power. However, I do believe that for most of us, God speaks to us through thoughts, through impressions in our minds, and we need to become really good at discerning which things come from God, how does he sound like, and what things are really not God.
0: Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of other voices there, aren't there?
1: Precisely. And one of my problems, and by the way, whenever I write, I am talking about things that I have experienced and that I am trying to learn. So <laughs> I'm writing this because I have an issue with my own critical inner voice. Mm. Um, so one of my problems is that somehow I have internalized a really negative voice that goes something like, Vanessa, you will never accomplish this, or it's too late to change, or blah, blah, blah. And it's a very nagging, awful voice. Mm,
0: Very defeatist, very sort of fatalistic by the sound of it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think because, because we know that one of the ways, one of the things the Holy Spirit needs to do, rather is to convict us of sin and because we're not familiar with god's voice we think this nasty voice which is not god is actually him
0: wow and
1: and this is terrible because if you think that that horrible voice inside you is the voice of god you are not going to come to him when you feel bad
0: wow wow and and i guess when when i think about it yes we can have that negative self-talk that that is in our minds but it seems to me there are a whole lot of other voices that you know that could be in our minds too. I mean, some people often say they hear the voice of one of their parents, you know, <laughs> in their mind saying, you know, don't eat that, you know, you'll you'll get fat or or whatever. You, you know, and they go, oh my goodness, that's my mother. Like it's, I, it's like I left home, you know, 25 years ago, and I can still hear her, my mother's voice in my head telling me what to do. You, you know what I mean? Or or Absolutely. <laughs> sometimes it's the voice of our cult, our friends perhaps so uh, you know you put on a certain item of clothing you look in the mirror and y- you can mentally almost hear your friends say oh my goodness what are you you know what is that ensemble you've put together that's <laughs> horrific you know so you have this voice of your friends in in your head or or it could be just the voice of popular culture you know you you have a sense of of what you know people in the street or workplace or the general social attitude towards this or that is going to think of of what you're doing so it seems to me i mean your education you know it seems to me there's a cacophony of voices that are always sort of vying for attention and trying to outshout one another in, in our heads. Am, am I overstating it or make no, it more complicated? I would, I,
1: no, I, I love that word that you use, cacophony, because that's what it is. And I would add on top of that, before I say something about that, I would add on top of that that we live in a society in which noise is permanent and mm. constant. Mm-hmm. So... On top of all that noise inside, there is noise outside, which makes mm. it really difficult for us to be still and know that He is God
0: you're right Um, you're right you know vanessa because like first thing we do when we wake up i mean you know maybe the mobile phone is our alarm clock and it starts playing music you know just straight away and then it's flick on the television for the morning breakfast show then it's in the car to work listening to morning radio then at work it's everyone talking and again maybe you put some noise cancelling headphones with music on and it's just we don't ever allow ourselves just to be still and quiet, do we? It's like we're afraid that we might start thinking or something.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. We we definitely are. I think silence, it's something we need, but we run away from because mm. we cannot control what happens in that environment in silence. So we, we run away. But going back to designing voices, I would like to share with you something again that Carrie O'Toole told me So she's been practicing this. And so Mm. going back to the idea, you have to practice this. You know, it's not magic. You have to practice this. And so she's been keeping journals, writing down whatever she's praying or whatever she's walking on or whatever, whenever she feels that God is somehow sending her a message and God speaks with us in more ways than we imagine She writes it down and Mm. she told me she's been doing this for years. She told me she has like six or seven journals now with everything that God has said to her. And one of the techniques that she uses, because at first she told me she had a very negative and critical inner voice too, is she would have friends and the Bible and like mature believers. And in time, she realized that the voice of God was never condemning. There is a difference between God saying to you, hey, Kent, or hey, Vanessa, that thing you said, that thing you did was not okay. I don't want to do that again. And Another voice going like, you're a disaster. This is terrible. You, you're not a good Christian. How could you call yourself a Christian? There's a big difference. And mm. in time, we become aware of what the voice of God actually sounds like. If you allowed me to give you a practical example from the Bible.
0: Yeah, please.
1: The two guys in the Bible who made big mistakes on the same night, right? You have Judas who betrayed Jesus. And you have Peter, who denied him on the same night for mm. jesus right yeah and so then- this, the,
0: the, this is the night when Jesus had been arrested and was you know was um, you know going to trial and and was being threatened with execution at this stage, which of course we know happened yeah, sorry, I, I just thought it's important to get some background there because obviously not not all of our listeners you know may be familiar with the you know, all the characters in, in the. Absolutely. Story. Thank you.
1: Yeah. I, I, thank you. Absolutely. So, on the same night, they both make mistakes because we do, followers of Christ, we make mistakes. Mm. But then you see the difference because you see Peter hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and repenting and, and feeling really sad, but going back to Jesus and becoming a leader. And then you see Judas listening to that inner critic voice that says, there is no point, there is no future, there's no Mm, forgiveness. too late for you, yeah. And committing suicide.
0: Yeah, Yeah. So you
1: see how the voice of God leads you to repentance for life, whereas the voice of the enemy is defeating because the whole purpose is that you won't try again.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, that's a that's a pretty stark example, isn't, isn't it? Yes. Of a, yeah, wow, wow. Yes,
1: obviously, it's not going to happen like that for all of us. But I do, I do think there are things we tell ourselves and um, voices, in a way, in our minds that we agree with that we would never agree with if a friend or even an enemy was to say to you. So if an enemy came to you and say, Kent, you have no value. There's nothing you do right. You are, I don't know, you name it. You'll be like, "Ah, no. But if that voice comes from the inside, somehow you are tempted to believe it, to Mm. agree with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, something that you said before, Vanessa, really, really struck me because, I mean, obviously, we've been saying there is this cacophony of voices from all sorts of different uh, sources, you know, in, in our heads. So Carrie O'Toole started journaling, like she, what, she would have a thought or some sort of impression and thought, oh, that could be from God and wrote it down. But what you said after that is the thing I'd just like to check in on, on you again. You said she checked.
1: She mm-hmm. checked
0: those messages. She, yeah. and, and, and you said, I think you said three things. You said she checked with her friends, she checked with the Bible, and she also checked with mature Christian believers. Yeah. That seems to be like as I said you know I mean I was excited to see this article because it was so practical and here are three practical checks that you know that people can do so how how would that work? because like-
1: you can make mistakes you can get an impression and think that because we're growing in this process right so you can get an impression and think, oh maybe this is God and the Bible say for example that you want to I don't know get a new job buy a new car and you feel yeah this is the right time yes this is the right occasion i think god is saying go ahead Mm -hmm. right and you write it down and then you talk to your friends your friends know you your friends know if you have the money for it if you're good for it or not your friends will immediately go like hey kent that's a lovely idea but right now there's no money in the bank or you know what vanessa you've been saving for this yes i think this is the right the right thing the right decision and then a community of believers perhaps this is a simple example but if you feel that god is leading you spiritually some somewhere a community of believers can tell you yes this is your set of skills or mm, actually i think that you need to keep praying on this i think that maybe maybe the picture is not clear enough here and of course of course the bible because god is is revealed in the bible and we can check if what we are hearing Whether it's condemnation, and we know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, whatever it is that you are hearing, the more you become familiar with the Bible and the words of Jesus and everything there, then you go, this makes sense or no, it doesn't.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, I guess you have a sense of what God's tone of voice is like from from reading the Bible, the, the sorts of things God asks people to do, the sort of challenges he puts in their way, the sorts of encouragement and comfort he offers. So when, the, you, when you feel something internally that is consistent with that, you can be more confident that, that this is actually God. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's powerful. I think, you know, there's a temptation in our you know, contemporary world when it comes to spiritual things in particular, that people say, oh, no, I don't belong to this religion or, or that religion. You know, I'd, I don't like to put a label on it. You know, it's just my personal spirituality. You know, there's, even within Christianity as well, there seems to be this leaning towards just being a solo Christian Pretty much. You know, it's just me and God. I don't want to get into all the hassles and, you know, go to church or meet with other people who believe, you know, I just want to do my own thing at home. I'll just watch some stuff on YouTube or, or whatever. You just, you know, meditate and pray by myself. And I think what you're saying suggests that there's a danger in doing that, that we can sort of end up with a very idiosyncratic sort of view if it's not tested and bounced off other people in a in a community of believers, particularly, as you say, you know, mature believers.
1: Yeah. And I think as a community, we need to get better at this, at making spaces where people can say, hey, I think that God is leading me in this direction and where we can receive and give guidance without judging. And so there's an environment in which we can grow in, in discernment, in learning what the voice of God may sound like in my life. Mm
0: -hmm. And and I suppose going to a big cathedral with 600 other people is probably not that setting. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're talking about like a a small group sort of setting, like a a regular Bible study, a group of friends. Can I give you an example?
1: Yeah, please. As as you said that, something came to my mind. So we were having a prayer group, a Bible study here in my home. Some time ago, well, we could still meet, right? Not now. And so we, we were praying and one of my friends was trying to decide whether she should contact this lady and offer her help, something she had tried in the past and the lady had refused. So she was saying, I feel deep in my heart that I need to try again. I really feel that I need to try again, but I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to, you know, be misunderstood. And as, as we were praying, this crazy thought came to my mind that I should tell her that she should ask for a clear sign from God, like a pineapple. And I know how crazy this sounds. And (laughs) I am very careful with signs because, you know, it can easily go wrong. So because they're my friends and they know me, and uh, there's this vulnerability and authenticity around us, I said, look, I think I heard something from God. Maybe I didn't. But what I think I heard is that you need to ask a clear direction from God and maybe a sign like a pineapple. And everybody laughed because how crazy is the whole pineapple thing? (laughs) (laughs) Until the following day when she was at the supermarket and her daughter said, mommy, mommy, look at that plant. They were selling pineapple plants. And she's like, okay, I need to contact this lady. And she did and, and it went well and she was able to help her. The point I'm trying to make is this space with my friends was safe enough that i could risk it and mm. i could be wrong and still be loved and still be accepted
0: mm-hmm. wow wow i get that yeah
1: it's been amazing to see how willing to be involved in our lives god is moving it's it's really touching at the same time something that you sort of sort of said is that sometimes we kind of need to just move do the next thing. Sometimes God will give us signs or speak to us in really clear ways. And sometimes you just need to see what is the duty that you have at hand, what you know that you're supposed to do and do it until you have a clearer picture of what is God intending for you.
0: Mm -hmm. So sometimes you don't need the voice of God to tell you that this is your responsibility or, or this is the right thing to do here. You, you know, you know very well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do the dishes, right? Get out of bed. Take a shower. <laughs> there are things that sometimes yep. uh, God is not trying to make us, uh, I don't know which word to use here. Not, but not,
0: not, not trying to micromanage us. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, you yeah. read my mind. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yes, he's not trying to do that. It's, it's a relationship. So we know that certain things we need to do, and sometimes we just need to do them until we see the next sign, the next message from God in faith moving in faith, trusting that he will take care of us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Carrie O'Toole, who uses journaling. Mm-hmm. I, I have a friend who can tell a series of experiences of opening the Bible at random and you know, just putting a finger down on the page and feeling that God has spoken to her through that way a, a number of times. I'm a little bit wary of that. It seems a, a little bit too much like fortune telling for me. But yeah. are, are there other techniques you've, you've heard of people using successfully that you could recommend or, you know, apart from that sort of journaling approach?
1: So I find, I, I think God speaks the year in the best way for you he tailors his messages so i often find that if god is trying to tell me something i would end up reading about it again and again and again because i love reading then i would be reading a book and there'll be a quote and i'm like oh and then i'll be reading something else and the same topic will come up again and and again sort of like a confirmation god saying yes i want to pay attention to this (laughs) Um, yes attention to this And something else I'm doing, and I feel a little bit vulnerable to share this, because sometimes in the Western world, we don't pay too much attention to this. Mm. But I think another way in which God can communicate, and indeed he does, is through dreams. And as I said... I feel a little bit <laughs> careful here, right? Yeah, I mean,
0: look, it's it's certainly a a very biblical thing. You know, God spoke to a lot of people in in the Bible through dreams, and and I've certainly heard a lot of cases of people from Muslim backgrounds because yes, from Muslim backgrounds receiving messages much, from God. Yeah, they value dreams very much mm-hmm. a, as a way of receiving spiritual messages, and and they have apparently Jesus you know,
1: appearing to many of them Jesus, through yeah. dreams relatively yes.
0: common so that's interesting and, and and I guess the other thing that I guess we sort of skip past is is that idea of silence
1: oh um, yes you know that oh thank you for bringing that up you've got that's to live, something, yeah that's something that I'm I'm trying to make room for silence in my life a lot more these days than I than I did before And I am trying to reflect on something, whether it's the Bible. I'm actually using a podcast that I find really good, but you find your own way Mm. and kind of like sit in the silence and it's really awkward and (laughs) and your brain wants to go in all directions because we have not trained our minds to be still and quiet and contented in the presence of God. But I have to say it's being difficult, but really amazing at the same time. I feel that when we go to church, particularly in the Western world, we do a lot of things and there's no space for quiet contemplation, if you wish, for silence. Mm. So if you don't have that space, you might somehow in the back of your mind believe that your relationship with God is about what you do or about Mm. what you are learning. It's a performance. Yes, exactly, Kent. But if you there to incorporate silence it kind of takes that away because you're there doing nothing Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing but you're there in the presence of god and and god is happy with you he's sharing that moment with you and is as i said it's really awkward Uh, at first i i hate it (laughs) even in my prayers what i'm incorporating is i talk and then I said, okay, I am going to stop now and I'm going to try to listen. And sometimes I do hear like God saying something, and sometimes I don't. And again, it's awkward, but it's worth it. You know, every now and then when God does say something to me, I'm like, I would have missed this if I had not stopped to listen.
0: Yeah, yeah, wow. So whether it's journaling, whether it's looking for, for patterns in your life, as you say, you know, these sort of themes that sort of come up again and again and you start to realize there's something going on, or, or whether it's silence, it all seems to require a, a little bit of discipline and it all seems to take a while to, to gradually tune our, our spiritual ears to, to the voice of God. Yeah, wow.
1: And the willingness to make mistakes. Yeah. I cannot overly emphasize this say you are keeping a journal the example Mm. we gave earlier write down what comes to mind then Mm -hmm. you have to risk it we have a tendency often to expect to get it perfect from the beginning no skill is like that you know you have to practice and you will make mistakes and that's okay Mm. that is okay
0: Oh, that's great yeah so yeah Practice makes perfect, or at least gets better. <laughs> and, and, and I guess putting it into practice is also key. You know, if, if we want God to can continue to speak to us, we need to follow through with the stuff he's told us before. You know, Obedience. Yeah. Yes,
1: there is no point in, I'll tell you a secret. It's not yep. going to be a secret anymore now. But hey, many years ago, I asked God, I had a crush on this guy, and I said to God, is this guy for me? And I heard a clear no in my mind. But like it was, it was almost like there was someone standing right next to me. But of course, I didn't want that answer, so I ignored it for a <laughs> while. <laughs> this is honest. <laughs> so I guess what I'm trying to say is we have to be willing to obey. Eventually, I, I, I did. We have to be willing to obey. We have to believe that God is good and not stingy. Sometimes we think that he's going to withhold good things for us but he isn't so if he is going to say no to you or to me Kent about something it's because he has a greater plan it might be completely different but a greater plan so we have to this is a relationship and we need to trust him to trust him enough to obey
0: Wow, wow. Oh, thank you so much, Vanessa. I really appreciate you, uh, you sharing with us on Science Radio this week and for writing the article, which I would you know, definitely recommend to our audience to check out. But yeah, thanks so much for your time.
1: Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. This is an Adventist Media podcast.